Wisconsin was jumping around. It was Halloween. And Ohio State was like, nah, there's no party anymore. The Silver Bullets answer another challenge. And a banged-up group of Buckeyes got a win on Saturday night here in Camp Randall. I am still in Madison. Zach Boren, the man over there in Columbus. And it's the Sunday Blitz looking at the Buckeyes winning 24-10 to 10 on the road to close October with a perfect record. Zach, it's, it's the day after. You've had a chance to sleep on it. What are your first thoughts about this win? Well, it sure wasn't pretty. I'll tell you that much. Um, wasn't pretty. Didn't have a, a ton of style points. But um, early on in the year, you know, we talked about it in this week leading up to this game. We all thought this was going to be a challenging game. After playing Penn State at home, which we knew was going to be a big-time showdown, get a victory there. Then you go to Wisconsin where – You've got Luke Fickle as the head coach. It's always a tough place to play, especially at night and early on, you know, b- before the season started, we kind of knew it was going to be a night game. It was just good for them to get in there, it, go up there and get a victory. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, if you were to ask me going into week one, if they were just going to get a W against Wisconsin in Madison, and if I would have been happy with it, I would have taken and ran with it. Right. So uh, obviously, as the seasons progressed and you've kind of seen what this team is capable of, I think a lot of fans, including myself, uh, you know, probably even players and coaches were expecting more of a stylish type of win. But for them to go up there, they're beat up right now. You can tell they're beat up. Uh, But to just get a W, um, get in, get out. I think everyone's happy with that. I had never really thought about it in reverse. We didn't mention it last week, Zach, like playing Penn State and going through a war like that. And then also a month ago against Notre Dame, how fortunate Ohio State was to have that off week afterwards. You see it with teams all the time, including Penn State on Saturday as they struggled with Indiana. Like it's hard to come back from one of those true like matchup physical showdowns. And I'm not saying that to make any excuses for anybody, but it did feel like, especially as you looked at, Jack Sawyer coming off the field at points. Tyleek Williams, like Jack Sawyer, like JT, Jack, the whole defensive line, uh, you know, being banged up and all over the field. Josh Proctor taking a few plays off last night to get a rest. Like, and then Emeka Ibuka not playing. I mean, I could keep going. Mine Williams yeah. not playing. Right. This team was banged up, not to mention, and we're going to talk more about this, but Kyle McCord's left ankle. So, Penn State did leave a mark on this, and you've been through these battles. Like that can be a challenge to get uh, your a young nineteen to twenty one year old body ready on a quick turnaround, and then to go on the road. How much of that do you think played in, or am I am I reaching a little bit? No, I think a lot of it. You know, especially with the bye week being so early in the season. Uh, I mean, I don't know the last time Ohio State's had a bye week that early, and then having to go through, you know, really a, a eight to nine week, hopefully ten week stretch with the with the Big Ten championship game of without having any time off, and so um, it's tough. It, it you know. It, that's why early on in the year that this was a game I was worried about. I know everyone talked about Notre Dame, everyone talked about Penn State, everyone talked about the team up north. This is that game where it's like you're going on the road after a massive showdown at home. Uh, your body's going to be feeling it. You're not, you know, mentally going to going to be in it, so to speak. Um, it's going to be. I shouldn't say mentally into the game on Saturday. It's mentally into the week, right? There's so many times where. Uh, so much of the preparations done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? And then Thursday, you kind of button things up. It's so hard to 
uh, especially after a win at Penn State, get right back into it from the standpoint of those guys show up to the Woody Hayes on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and are full-blown locked in like they were against Penn State. Like That's where it's hard, right? And so um, I think those guys being able to go up there, they looked beat up. Um, it, it was kind of that trap game that we've seen so many times. Look at the past couple of years under Urban Meyer, right? You had Iowa on the road. You had Purdue on the road. And these were all after big-time matchups. Look across the country. We could all be in Salt Lake City this morning, right? Utah beat USC last week and then comes in and plays Oregon again, and it has a total letdown. You know, that like you could go on and on and on with different examples. We could be waking up in Norman, Oklahoma, right? And you've got an uh, Oklahoma team that went on the road against Kansas, and it's that same type of game that Ohio State just played, but Ohio State was able to – they dominated I, – I, I use the word dominate the game because watching it, you never felt threatened like, oh my God, they're going to lose this game. Now, did you feel like, God dang, like they just need to take off, right? Like what what are we doing? Uh, But they dominated the game from, there was never a point where you felt threatened like, oh, we are losing or there's a good chance we're going to lose this game. They always felt like they were in control. Yeah, big part of that. And and I mentioned it a week ago. It's like, hey, uh, if you're expecting 2019 fireworks or, you know, Ryan Day to light it up 50 points a game, like it's not really the way that this team is constructed right now. And it may not be the way that they win games at all this season. And there's more of a 2002 ish vibe for this team. And they did the same thing last night. The silver bullets were flying. They gave up the one, uh, one touchdown drive the start of the third quarter. They had the fantastic goal line stand at the end of the second quarter to hold Wisconsin to a field goal, and that was it. So giving up 10 points a game, still phenomenal. You're going to win a lot of games that way. You don't need the offense to be that level of explosive necessarily to go accomplish Ohio State's goals. But that being said, I think most of the attention coming out because the defense just did what it does, yeah. and you won, And the offense took another like 2002-style step forward, I think, with Travion Henderson and the rushing attack, with ha- having him back in there. But the passing attack took a bit of a step back, passing attack, step back, protection, Kyle McCord with the two turnovers uh, and a fumble, two interceptions and a fumble. So I don't know, mixed bag may not even be the right word for it this time. I know we've used that a lot this year, but uh, what did you make of that performance and, and what Kyle McCord did there in the first half and then playing through the ankle injury? I think mixed bag is definitely a great um, way to present it. You know, I think from the running game standpoint, the offensive line definitely made some strides in what we've been looking for all year from, from being able to dominate the line of scrimmage, create some space, um, do those different things. And you saw Trevion Henderson uh, be able to take that space and do something with it. Now, pass blocking, some questions again, right? But we haven't really been questioned in their pass blocking all year. So it's kind of like they took two steps forward on the run game and took a step back on the passing game, which you don't want to see that. Um, and then you bring up Kyle McCord. He's throughout the entire year, we've talked on it. He's managed the games very well. He's made plays when he's had to make plays. He's not been that flashy uh, CJ Stroud, Justin Fields that we've seen where, you know, dropping dimes, throwing, you know, being spot on with balls. It's just managing the game, getting the ball in the play, in, the, in your playmaker's hands and letting them do something with it, which we've seen Marv do the past couple of weeks. Yeah. The one thing that worries me is 
more so last night than others. He just forced things, right? That his first interception, there is so much green grass in front of you. You're on a bootleg, run five yards and slide, right? Like, like you don't need to do anything or throw the ball away. If you don't want to run and take a hit, even though there was no one in front of you, throw it out. Instead, he forces the, the ball into almost triple coverage. It was a two-man route with Marvin and, and, and Tate, and he just... It, just forced it when he didn't need to. And then you saw in the second interception, he's running at, or he takes a shot at Marv when that's basically his one look, right? Of, hey, I'm going to throw the ball to Marv no matter what. So there were times where he was forcing things yesterday. There were times where he was trying to make plays when the plays weren't there to be made. Like Kyle has been great at managing football games through the entire season so far and making throws when he needs to make them. There were throws yesterday he did not need to make, and he was doing that. And that's the one thing that worries me. But then again, we how do we start off this show? At Wisconsin, backs against the wall, trap game. Kyle was just trying to make plays, right? And I'm sure if you asked him, he's like, hey, I, I was trying to you know get the ball to my playmakers and force it, and I shouldn't have done it. Um, and he'll be the first to admit that come, come today, right, when he gets into the Woody Hayes. But um, he's got to know the situation. That will come with... Uh, his growth as he gets older, his growth with reps. And I'm sure Ryan's going to be spending a ton of time with him today saying, hey, certain situations we can force it and certain situations we can't. Yeah, it was interesting to hear Ryan Day talk about the evaluation of those particular plays, Zach. It's like, he doesn't usually go through them like that, but it, it felt like a concerted effort from Ryan Day to a, a explain them and like not put all the blame on Kyle McCord's shoulders on Saturday night. The first one, so, nope, that can't happen. It's first down. As you said, either scramble or throw it away. Live to fight another day. He he actually said the second one he didn't have a problem with. And I thought that was interesting that he volunteered that and went through that play that uh, Wisconsin changed the coverage and dropped a corner into a spot that they hadn't shown on film. Now, can you adjust or look somewhere else? I, I mean, sure. I think we can all agree that they're, if you're a more veteran quarterback, maybe you might feel that that would be the change and don't throw it over the middle of the field. I, I'm not here to to say yes or no to that. I'm just passing along the post game thoughts from Ryan Day. But the other part that we've mentioned before, and it didn't hurt him against Penn State because there was a flag, but the intentional grounding, the the holding, you know, the ball in the pocket when the protection is not holding up to the level that that he might need. I mean, that stuff really could have come back to bite Ohio State on Saturday night because it was taking them out of field goal range and. There may come a time against a, a better opponent than with than Wisconsin that that matters. Well, for sure. I mean, let's be honest. Tom Brady throws interceptions, right? We saw CJ Stroud <laughs> throw interceptions, so you, you can't be perfect. And um, completely agree with with what Ryan said post game. Um, you know, I think I, I think the other bigger thing that that you touched on is this is three intentional grounding penalties in two weeks, right? Now we've seen. Um, Two fumbles in the pocket because last week against Penn State, the fumble got called back because their DB was holding Marv. So that's yep. five mistakes of holding the ball too long in the pocket in the last two weeks. That's the bigger alarming thing to me. And I think that's what's probably the most frustrating to fans because you guys are going to throw picks, right? That's going to happen. It's the... Um, Things that are controllable, knowing the situation, seeing what you're, uh, uh, seeing what you're doing pre-snap, right? Like, if a team's going to show you pressure, like the big, the first thing quarterbacks always do is 
watch the safeties, right? Pre-snap, what are the safeties doing? So if they're giving you different looks where it looks like they're going to bring pressure, you got you, you to gotta anticipate that. You have to know your route concepts to be able to get the ball out quickly. You need to be able to throw hot. You need to be able to get the ball out and, and throw it out of bounds if you can in, in a direction where your wide receivers are going to be. Like There's just some things that um, – I don't want to call them first day mistakes, but kind of rookie mistakes that we're seeing that he's done the last two weeks. And that's the biggest thing. He won't get tested the next three weeks and four weeks in Ann Arbor. If you make those mistakes, then it's bigger consequences. It helps that he's got uh, the best wide receiver in college football. I mean, that lowers the degree of difficulty a bit, right? I mean, he was Marv. Marv was Marv last night. Marv was unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. I think people right now um, are having the same reactions to Marv as they did CJ Stroud the last two years, right? Everyone just expected him to go off. Everyone took what CJ did for granted, and you're seeing more and more like that now. People are doing the same thing with Marv. They just expect him to go off. They expect every single game, two touchdowns, 150 yards, take over the game, Marv, right? Third and five, third and six, find Marv. He's going to get the first down, right? Take a deep shot. Marv's going to catch it. You know, I think, uh, it, you know, watching the game with people in Columbus, I think Marv on his first six targets had one reception or first five targets had one reception. Everyone's expecting, you know, him to catch three or four of those. You know what I think? Everyone's like, why isn't Marv catching the ball? And so, um, Marv is absolutely unbelievably good. Um, you know, maybe I, I hate to say this, but maybe the best wide receiver in Ohio State history. Just what he is able to do with the ball in his hands, uh, his athleticism, his build, everything about him. It's like he reminds me so much of a, a more athletic Megatron. You know, you remember Calvin Ooh, Johnson? Yeah. You know, Calvin yeah. Johnson, just the build. He's just a dude, right? Just jacked, tall, physical. But Marv can do more with his with his shiftiness side to side. And so, um, you know, people obviously are going to enjoy the ride the rest of the year with what Marv can do. But I guarantee you next year when Marv isn't here anymore, people are going to be like, oh, my God, did we take him for granted? Yeah, he's phenomenal. I think that I'll be stunned at the rate that he's on if he's not in New York City in the middle of December. I don't know if he'll win it. We'll see what happens. It probably is going to depend on the last Saturday in November, uh, as it did for C.J. Stroud the last two years. But he's absolutely uh, earning that right. I mean, doesn't it feel like, doesn't it feel like, you know, you bring up, uh, to be honest, look across the country. The person who's probably hands-on favorite to win is J.J. McCarthy right now, right? Let, let's be honest, okay? He, um, it, it, by by far, would be the, the clear favorite right now. Depending on what happens the last game of the year in Ann Arbor, Michigan, if Ohio State wins that game, doesn't it feel like, what was it 2019 when, uh, is it Devontae Smith for Alabama won? It was just like no one Tw- really. The next was year, that, yeah. Okay, yeah, but wasn't it? It just felt like no one really took off, and then it was like, well, you got this wide receiver who's just dominating football games, and he came on like all of his hype came like the last like two three weeks of the season because everyone's like, well, he's been putting up numbers, and we've been waiting for a quarterback to kind of take you know take the take the charge, but no one's happened. So now all the hype is going there. Like, you know, you got to week seven, week eight, week nine of that season that year. No one was talking about him for Heisman, right? That came week 11, week 12, week 13. 
And I feel like that's kind of building up again for Marv. Yeah. I think that the opportunity is in front of them and there could, that this is the shaping up to be an all time addition uh, of the game. If um, the stakes stay what they're supposed to be, we'll see. If uh, yeah. We'll see what transpires there. Cause um, that situation is not over yet by a long shot, but back yeah. to camp Randall, that, that defensive effort, Zach, I know we'll get into it on Buck IQ, but um, interesting. A lot more faces playing in the secondary, and that could be more relevant for Ohio State moving forward. I, I don't know um, an official prognosis on Lathan Ransom, but he checked himself out of the game with a non-contact injury, went to the medical tent, got on a cart. The cart took him to the locker room where he was uh, in a wheelchair. Now, they did tape him back up so that he could walk around a little bit and watch the end of the game, so he didn't. Have, he didn't require a wheelchair for the rest of the night, but those non-contact injuries can often be uh, the ones that you don't really want. So that was different looks for Sonny Styles. That was getting uh, Jordan Hancock even more involved. Cameron Martinez played a handful of snaps last night. So that A, Lathan Ransom has played at a very high level. B, it's a safety-driven defense. C, you feel for somebody who's dealt with the injuries that he's had and you hope for the best, but that's out of everything that we talked about for a banged up team. That's got to be the most pressing concern for the Buckeyes right now, even though they were able to find some solutions and work through that on Saturday night. Yeah, I would completely agree with you. It's um, Lathan Ransom has done so much for this football team. Just the way he's able to move around, be put in different positions. He supports on the run. He's great on the back end. Like he does so many things. Um, that's probably the 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 scariest thing that we have going for this defense right now. Even when Denzel Burke was out, we we're like, hey, Hancock and OGB are going to fill in. He'll be fine. When you talk about taking Lathan out of this defense, you implement Sonny Styles, and I know everyone loves Sonny Styles, including myself. Pickerington proud dude, like absolute monster. But he, just calling a spade a spade, he can't cover like Lathan does. Now, can he support in the run? Just as good as Lathan, if not maybe even better, yes. Can he blitz just as good as Lathan? Yes. But when you talk about coverage skills and being able to do different things from, from the safety position, like you said, it's a safety-driven defense, it puts him in some tough situations because Sonny's not going to be able to do some of those things on the back end. And we kind of saw it last night, right? Like There were a couple times he was beat, and thankfully Wisconsin's wide receivers dropped the ball. They had a ton of drops yesterday, and so we saw it multiple times from that standpoint. Now, the good thing is Rutgers isn't going to challenge you from that standpoint. Michigan State isn't going to challenge you. Minnesota isn't going to challenge you. So he's got some weeks to get healthy, um, and even – even if it doesn't take you to Ann Arbor, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Sonny playing and being able to support in the run, I think they're going to be fine, right? You've got to force almost J.J. McCarthy to to beat you um, when you play Michigan. So putting guys in the box isn't the worst thing. The defense, though, altogether, getting back to the game last night, they're damn good. Damn good. I think you saw throughout that game where maybe last week's game uh, started to creep back, back up on them. You know, starting, especially that first drive in the second half, Wisconsin was able to do some things. The pass rush wasn't there. They were running the football more. It kind of felt like that, you know, late in that Notre Dame game where everyone's like, oh, my God, this where where's the defense at? They can't stop the run. They're getting out physical. It's just, hey, Wisconsin are big dudes. Those are some corn-fed guys. With, you know, I've played against them multiple times. It's just it wears on you. 
you know, and so, uh, but, but the great thing is that the fight that this defense has and what they were able to do on the goal line at the one yard line, right. And make those stops, um, after the, the, the first drive of the second half where they gave a touchdown, being able to regroup and say, Hey, let's come together. Let's, let, let's finish this thing. So much of this team, um, is the defense driving uh, kind of the mojo, right? The defense is setting the tone for this team, which we haven't seen that in the past. We haven't seen that in a long time. So many times it's the offense saying, hey, listen, we're going to go and throw up some points. It gets hot. Defense just make one stop for us, right? How many times have we talked about that the past year? Defense make one stop. Now it's like, hey, defense, we're going to set the tone for this. Offense just get us a couple points. Right. And right. so it's kind of completely flipped from that standpoint. And uh, I love the attitude that this defense is playing with. You saw a lot of guys play last night. I think obviously a lot of that has to do with the injuries, um, but coming together, making plays when they need to it, all around great performance. Well, wrap it up. Zach, bring us home with the three and out on Sunday boys. Number three, I'm going to go with Trayvon Henderson. You know, coming off uh, being out three, four weeks, um, Yep. Being able to do what he did yesterday, uh, f- phenomenal. You know, I think you and I have talked so much on this show that Travion Henderson's so dangerous in space. He's got that home run uh, capability that Ryan Day loves, that this offense loves. Um, it, and you saw last night where they got him in space. Now, are there times where he's perfect? No. There's times where I've got no hair, but I want to rip my hair out when, you know, it's a it's an inside zone play and he's he's patterning in the hole and, you know, easily could get a three yard gain and it turns into a zero yard gain because he's, you know, hesitant. But man, can that dude bring some home run power? You saw what he was able to do on those wheel routes. Heck, he should have had a that the one touchdown right early on that game with the with the wheel route. But being able to do some of those other things, um, it just uh, phenomenal. He had a breakout game yesterday. Hopefully, he can build on that. Hopefully, he can stay healthy uh, and do some of those things. Number two, the defense, entire defense. Um, and I feel like we've been saying this every week, but uh, the way that they were able to set the tone, the way they were able to make stops, um, you know, they came out firing. And and you and I have talked about this, especially recently. The reason why I think so many people feel confident in this team is because defense travels, right? It, you, you, you can take a defense anywhere and it's going to play. If you rely on the offense that much, as we've seen in years past, Offense can falter, right? There's days where you're not gonna not gonna look good. You feel like you can't do anything. If you're relying on your offense to win your games, that's a problem. So uh for for this defense to be able to go on the road, make big stops, stop the run game, um, it, just phenomenal all-around performance. And then number one's gotta be Marv. Right. I mean, uh, so many people take him for granted. I'm not gonna take him for granted. So that's why I'm giving him uh the number one star uh for the game Saturday. Four games in a row going over 100 yards. When this offense needs to play, they go to Marv. That, that's yep. exactly who they go to. Say, hey, we're coming to you. Defense, we're going to 18. Stop it. And, and I don't think people realize you know, how much these defenses are game planning for Marv and how much attention they give him. And he's still able to go off and still able to do so many things. So uh, Marv. Man, we love you. We're not taking you for granted. I can promise you that. Uh, but we're going to ride that horse for a little bit longer throughout the rest of the year because we're going to need you. 
even when Ohio State is at full strength, he's getting that level of, att of attention. But that's that goes double or triple when Emeka Ibuka doesn't play again. Julian Fleming clearly banged up and not himself. Cade Stover was working through something. Uh, he wasn't at 100% on Saturday night. Uh, Xavier Johnson missed stretches of this game. Like, yeah. yeah, and and here he goes again with you know another hundred yard game, two more touchdowns, and Ohio State wins twenty four to ten. Uh, fun to break down. Victory number eight with Zach Warren on the Sunday Blitz. Uh, the Buckeyes are back on the road uh, next weekend. They are at Rutgers. It's a little bit of a sneaky one with Greg Schiano and the Scarlet Knights playing some a little better ball. Uh, so the Buckeyes will have to turn the page quickly. Uh, after traveling back on Saturday night uh, on a pretty happy plane. Uh, and I know that Zach Warren, when he has that that Sunday afternoon, will feel much better after a win for the Buckeyes. But great to talk about it with you. I'm ready to get on a plane myself and get back to Columbus, Ohio. We'll have uh, Buckeye Q, Roosters, the live show, Podcast Daily, everything else coming this week as uh, we turn to November where I believe – November is for contenders. That's uh, in the winner's manual somewhere. Um, but November's for but, contenders when championships are won. There you go. And the Buckeyes are in position for it after another win uh, at Camp Randall. Fun one. All right. Uh, that's in Sunday. first college football playoff. Playoff rankings come out this week. Big oh, week. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's something Big else. Week. Man, here we go. <clears throat> November November is the busiest time of the month. Can't wait. Or busiest time of the year. Can't wait for that. Uh, Thanks to Zach Bourne for the insight on 24-10 to 10 win at Wisconsin for the Buckeyes. I'm Austin Ward. Uh, we'll talk to you all later.